A little more than a month ago, today's guest was actually interviewing me for her podcast called Toxic Person Proof. And we were having a great conversation after she stopped recording. We were talking about her new book called Problem Solved and just about life and faith. And my phone was on silent, of course, because I didn't want to interrupt the interview, but I could see that my mom called. And then a few minutes later, she called again. I didn't think much about it because my mom can be a little persistent sometimes when she can't get a hold of me. But then the thing you never want to see, she sent a text that said, call me 911. Welcome to Top Self, the podcast dedicated to relax your mind, achieve change, and become a healthier, more present you. Are you ready to move past the daily anxiety, comparing and doubting yourself, and feeling like you're not enough? I'm your host, Shannon Bryant, and I've ruined many good relationships because of my jealousy and stayed way too long in some bad ones because of my insecurity but I stopped letting fear drive my actions. And now I can't wait to share with you as I dive into these emotions, shed light on how they might be impacting your life and uncover strategies to break free from their grip. It's time to start living a life of confidence. So get ready to ignite your self-worth and transform your life because my friend, you are worthy. Your book is called Problem solved. Simple habits for complex decisions. So, Sarah, you and I were talking. You were interviewing me for your podcast. We had a great conversation after we stopped recording. We were talking about faith, and you were kind of telling the story with angels. And there was some just, it was a, we were really on a good roll of a story. And while you were speaking, I saw my phone ring a couple times. It was my mom. I could see my phone ringing. Luckily, I did not see her text until you and I got done. When you and I got off our call, I looked at the text and it said, call me 911. We know that that's never good. So she was calling to let me know that my father passed away. There were so many things and it's still ongoing. I have just been probably the most overwhelmed I've been in my entire life. But having to also then go through your book and reading, like, I think in here you say we make about 35,000 decisions a day. And I was like, I think mine's double at the moment just because of everything, you know, going on. But it was really a great read for me during that time. And just wanted to say thank you to you because I was forced to read it to prepare for this and kind of help to go okay, there's a list of 50,000 things that I have to get done and I have to make decisions on and me and my brothers have to make decisions, so many decisions, even you know, down to funeral arrangements, what we're gonna do with his home, all of the, the things in his home. One of the things that I really took from it and that you talk a lot about in this book that I think is also helpful for someone who's dealing with jealousy is what is the problem really? So will you talk about that piece of it? Because I felt like it was very helpful. Well, thank you. I'll be happy to. And I'm so sorry about your dad. Um, thank you. Crazy yeah. timing, right? And yeah. in, as I was writing this book, 
they tell you not to write a book for everyone. Right. And so now it's like, okay, yeah, I wrote this little manual and it will make everything easier and help you solve every problem better. And that sounds crazy. Right. I mean, when you say it out loud, it's like, what do you mean? It solves every problem, but it's your thinking process behind what you're trying to solve. Right. Right. And I call what you were talking about. I call what problem you're trying to solve the magic question. I used it in a conversation I was having with my husband today. He was talking about something at work. And I said, well, it seems like, you know, those people, you need a new strategy for influencing them. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, this and this is, this culture is saying this, and this is happening here. And and it was interesting because we were trying to solve two different problems. And, And that's a communication language that really gets us on the same page. It's like, okay, so the problem you're trying to solve is changing a culture. And the problem I'm trying to solve is individual influence within meetings. Those aren't the same strategy, right? Like it's not even close to the same action plan for, for both of those things. But how often do we think in those terms to even get clear about what problem we're trying to solve? And in the case of jealousy, uh, from my <laughs> own experience with my lovely husband, <laughs> what I can say is he dated a lot and I dated a little. Mm. I was divorced. But he dated a lot and I dated a little, right? So I just had in my head, like this idea of all these women that all together were more amazing than me. So the problem I was trying to solve. So the magic question in the book, always asking yourself, what problem are you trying to solve? Because that's, we're all problem solving machines. We all like, want like puzzles and clues and mysteries and detective, right? So our brains are already built that way. So we want to use it as tailwind behind us rather than headwind. So if you're facing a thousand decisions, like how do I manage this family situation and give my father an appropriate Mm -hmm. role, or how do I not lose my ever-loving mind every time he's got his phone turned down, Down. (laughs) right? And that's just crazy, right? Yeah. So the problem I was trying to solve within that jealousy conversation is security. Mm-hmm. It's like, how can I know the future and know that nothing's going to change and know that I'm going to be with him forever? But in that conversation, uh, there are emotional problems to solve and practical problems to solve. Ooh, Yes. Go into detail about the two different ones. And I do want to say, I think it's really great how you break this down and how you break down, like trying to figure out the actual problem to solve, because there could be a bunch lumped into that. And I always tell people when they struggle with jealousy is that jealousy is actually the solution. It's trying to solve some problem, whether that's, hey, there really is something going on or you've got some insecurities or issues or things that you need to maybe take a look at. So jealousy is really the solution to the problem that you're trying to solve. And we try to come at it from the wrong angle. So I love this conversation. So I want you to imagine that you have sticky notes. Okay. And you're sticking labels on the problem. Okay. So when I was jealous over my relationship, the practical problem to solve that he and I, because he would travel out of town for work all the time. Okay. That could be a real issue, right? That is when a lot of people cheat on people, right? So there's two different problems to solve. One, my fear and jealousy. And what I will say, I'm not going to put this label on everyone, but at the time, my insecurity. Mm -hmm. And how do we solve the practical problem 
of making sure we're connecting when he's out of town, you know, him answering my phone calls, you know, him sending a good morning text, you know, maybe we FaceTime at night so I can kind of just ease that burden of my soul um, because it's like, oh, we're on FaceTime. There's probably not a prostitute in the bathroom. Right. 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 So I was imagining in my head. Of course, we go to the worst degree, right? There's, it's the whole room of, you know, 20 beautiful women, wherever they are, right? Huge issue that I have struggled with. But you think about those sticky note labels. Okay, is this an emotional problem to solve or a practical problem to solve? Mm. Okay, so a practical solution to my jealousy upset, insecurity, right? I need an emotional solution to that. You know, maybe it's therapy, maybe it's a coach, maybe it's a reading a book, maybe it's whatever. I know you're the expert in strategies on solving that problem. But the the practical problem to solve, hey, will you please text me before you go to bed? Because sometimes he would be on the West Coast and I'd be on the East Coast, right? So it was like, I'm not, I don't want to stay up till 1 a.m. after your mm-hmm. dinner because like I've got kids to get up in the next morning, you know, I've got a life too. Right. And right. So the practical solution, Hey, can you maybe even just like send a good night snapshot? Can you, you know, little things like that, that could solve the practical problem, but be very clear. The action plan for solving my jealousy. I see a lot of people and they have an emotional problem and they want to solve it with a practical problem. Him FaceTiming me even at 1 a.m., it's not going to solve the problem of my jealousy. Right. It will connect us. It is better. You know, it is some type of kindness and security blanket and all that kind of stuff. It's not going to solve the problem. Like I have to have an emotional solution for an emotional problem. Uh, I love that way of looking at it. And you're right, because there could be a time where he's not going to be able to do that or that it's just not going to work out in that way. So trying to solve an emotional problem with one of those types of solutions, in the long run, it's it's not going to work. You've still got to fix that emotional piece of it. Guys, this shows up in career. You're mad at your coworker, and but there's a practical, so there's a communication problem, right? So there's a practical problem or someone's always stealing your food out of the fridge at lunch. And the practical solution is putting your name on the front, right? Rather than just being <laughs> mad about it, right? I mean, there's there's little problems and there are big problems. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thinking process. And so, so I'm so glad you use the term problem solvers because it already assumes that you are capable of solving the problem. It's kind of this like, it's almost like a dog command. It's like, good dog, good dog. And the dog's like, yeah, I want to be a good dog, right? It's like problem solver, problem solver. It's like, yeah, I want to be a problem solver, right? And it does good things for our brain because we're not in victim mentality. We're not in helplessness. We're not in despair. We're not in, and you may have been a victim of something. I have been a victim of something. I'm not, I'm not minimizing anyone's pain. I'm saying the way out is forward. Yeah. And when you learn to become the most powerful problem solver in your own life, yeah, you do feel like you have more time. You do feel like you have less stress. You do feel like, and any woman in the entire world, I'm like, man, if you start using the magic question in your male relationships, hey, what problem are we looking to solve here? Guys are like, I love this, (laughs) right? Because they are problem solvers, right? And so that that is a language me and my husband use all the time. And, you know, we went to lunch before this and I have... I'm turning 40 soon and I'm trying to be super healthy by 40 because writing a book is terrible for your health. I'm not sure. your body and your health. Yeah. You just sit and you have to edit and all this kind of stuff. It's just 
terrible for your health. So I'm like, okay, books out, new, you know, turning 40, new priority, right? And so the problem my husband was trying to solve at lunch was to get the best meal for the least amount of money. Mm-hmm. The problem I was trying to solve at lunch was getting the most protein and the least carbs. We didn't split a meal, guys. We weren't solving the same problem. <laughs> Right. But it could be, you know, asking someone to pick up the kids from school on Thursday. And the problem you're trying to solve is that your job is respected. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with the kids being picked up at school on Thursday. Right. It's like the problem I'm trying to solve is I need you to respect that I'm a professional, too. Right. And you can say that to men. They love it because it takes out all the guesswork. They do not like guessing games. Mm-hmm. They do not like guessing games. So it helps you with your own clarity, but it's a, it's a great communication tactic as well. Yes. And you're right. I mean, men love to solve our problems. And a lot of times that's what they're trying to do anyway. And so if we can break it down in this way and then going even further, as you mentioned, of breaking it down into, okay, is this an emotional problem? What type of problem is it? You also talk about spaghetti thinking. I liked this too because... I so live by this when we're taking just one thing. Can we just try one thing? Because there's so much information that is just pushed and forced on people. And even in both of us are really in this self-development growth space. And there's so much that people can get really overwhelmed of like, oh my gosh, not just like, where do I start and what do I do first, but also well, I'm not doing so well because I'm not great at this and I haven't done this yet and I haven't done this. Talk to me about the spaghetti thinking, what that is. Can you explain that and how we can? Hey, you, I just wanted to pop in and let you know the doors to the Trust Building Bootcamp are now open. Are you tired of feeling anxious and insecure in your relationship? Do you constantly worry that your partner's cheating or they're going to leave you even when there's no evidence of betrayal? Do you feel like, oh, I just can't trust even myself sometimes? Well, that was me. And if it sounds like you, it's time to stop second guessing. And I know some of the thoughts that you have, like, is this something that anyone would be upset about? Or am I just worried about it because of my jealousy? We'll mark your calendars for Wednesday, May 29th, because that's when our trust building bootcamp begins. In our weekly one hour sessions, you'll learn how your brain is choosing unhealthy strategies to get your needs met and how to pull yourself out of those insecure habit loops. I lead every session live to give you guidance to learn to trust not only your partner, but yourself. Whether you're struggling with past traumas or simply want to strengthen the foundation of your relationship, this boot camp is for you. And believe it or not, we actually have fun. Don't let your fears hold you back from experiencing the love and security you deserve. Spaces are limited, so visit topself.com to sign up or simply click the link in the show notes to take your first step to a more trusting relationship. You won't regret it. See you there. navigate it. Absolutely. Yes. And I want just to kind of, you mentioned that we made 35,000 decisions a day. Well, most of us probably did not have a great decision-making class in school. So we literally have more information in, in our heads, at our fingertips. So we do need a strategy to navigate that. I 
actually was trying to decide whether or not to get a divorce and was in spaghetti thinking. And so I was like this whole process. I was a pastor's kid, right? Divorcing my student pastor's brother. It was a pretty sticky situation. Okay. So yeah. my spaghetti thinking in this very serious, complicated matter is, oh my gosh, where am I going to live? Everyone's going to think I'm a terrible person. How am I going to support myself? Where am I going to get a job? Which lawyer am I going to choose? Are people going to be mad at my dad? Is my dad going to get fired because I'm getting a divorce? Am I making the right decision? Oh my gosh, is God really going to hate me? Right. These, these were the spaghetti thinking. Okay. And if you were asking me what problem I was trying to solve, I'd be like, well, my life, everything, everything. But when it's everything, it's really hard to pull. That's why I call it spaghetti thinking because it's like I needed one noodle from the pile. Right. And to solve that problem. So when you think about the difference in spaghetti and waffles, mm-hmm. OK, Eddie's messy. It's mixed up. There's sauce. There's, you know, all things are connected, just like in my life, like my divorce really was connected to my father's job and really was connected with the church community and really was connected with my faith. But at Waffle, one bite at a time, one square, okay? So which lawyer am I going to use? That's it. It's its own box, right? I don't get to bring in guilt over my father in the lawyer box, okay? Right. Where am I going to live? One noodle, one square. Here we go. I'm in a box. I'm sticking here. Okay, I'm going to solve the problem. Where am I going to live? Where am I going to work? Because I was working for the church at the time too. But I remember thinking, oh, I'm stuck in spaghetti thinking. Like mm-hmm. my life is a big fat spaghetti mess that I'm going to have to waffle down to start to move forward because I have to solve one problem at a time. But what that could look like, I'll use the example with my um, ex and or my husband and uh, jealousy. You know, it's like, oh my gosh. My husband's always out of town and travels for work. And it, it's really great because, you know, we have all these perks because he works out of town. He does, you know, he does really well at his job. And I know he likes it. And I really want to be supportive of him. But, oh, my gosh, what if he's cheating on me? And I'm so jealous. And there's work things. He's on the West Coast. And sometimes, I mean, I know he used to date this girl in L.A. And so, you know, I really get, I get scared. And his best friend's girlfriend told me about this girl in L.A. But, I mean, I've never seen anything on the phone. So, I don't know. Should I go through his phone? Should I do this? Right. So, that's spaghetti thinking in a term but you guys are probably familiar with. Yeah. And you did a very good impression of a jealousy junkie for sure. Cause that's what we do. Yes. Uh, yes. yes. You did a very good impression of me. A few <laughs> ago, right. So, no, so I had a, I had a first, I had a first uh, row seat to that show. Right. Uh, that's actually a real life example. So, but I say it to say, okay, solving the problem of him traveling for work Maybe we do have a conversation about him working out of town less. Maybe we do. Maybe that's a practical problem that we actually talk about. But when it's all wrapped up in all those 20 other problems of his best friends, girlfriends trying to talk me out of stuff, right? It's like, whoa, how do you even begin to move forward in that? And so you don't. You move in circles and you're tired and you're exhausted and you're fighting with yourself. You're fighting with him. You're fighting with everyone, right? And it's not the way to happiness. It's just not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then really kind of pulling and untangling that swirl of spaghetti and let let me take this one piece out. And I think the important piece that you started to talk about, but I just want to make sure that we mention is it doesn't mean I have to solve each and every one of these all right now. First step, it's kind of like learning a different language. Like it's easier to understand other, you will see, once you see this, you could not unsee it, right? Like once I've said it, for the rest of your life now, you're someone's going to talk and you're going to go, oh, 
they're in spaghetti thinking, right? And then you're going to try to like dissect which problem it is. <laughs> it's a superpower. If there's a problem you're going to solve, think in your head, what problem am I trying to solve? Maybe it's being jealous, okay? You brain dump all that spaghetti into a paragraph, you know, 10 sentences or so, just free flowing, no right answers, no wrong answers, free flowing 10 sentences. Then watch this. Sentence one, number one. Sentence two, number two. Sentence three, number three. If you just put it on a paper and get it out of your head and bring up the spaghetti and then take each sentence and put a one, two, three, four by it, that will open your world in a way that you have no idea. Because it's like, okay, like in my case, how am I going to manage my emotions when he can't call after work? Mm -hmm. That is entirely separate. That's its own problem. Right. Like he's responsible for managing my emotions if he doesn't call and I don't, a different problem to solve. Well, I'll say this, a different problem to solve is how do I communicate with him? How that makes me feel. Right. Okay. Right. And if you're sticking that emotional problem and that communication problem or practical problem together. You're going to get in a fight. But if you look at it as a separate problem, here's an emotional problem to solve. Here's a practical problem to solve and unravel that spaghetti. It is literally that easy, free, easy. What problem am I trying to solve? Bring up the spaghetti out, take each sentence and put either one, two, three, four, five, and then start to tackle the problem that you want to tackle first and that feels most accessible or the most important problem. You can really start to go, oh, okay, now what do I need to take action on? Which one of these, maybe there's eight things, you know, that you just came up with in just one quick session of my husband works out of town and then trying to choose that one that's really going to it's typically like what's going to make the biggest difference the fastest or what sometimes it's the easiest to tackle. That's how I started with my jealousy. You know, let me tackle this one habit at a time. And this one, I know I'm pretty confident that I can be successful in this one. So let me try that one first and get some success behind me and motivation. And then sometimes the problem to solve is just so obvious that you're like, oh, okay, we'll be doing this one, right? So it's, yeah. people are very good at solving their problems once they create that list. And we live in the information age. It is big, you can literally Google. You can't Google that spaghetti, right? You could like Google an article on the, <laughs> how to talk to a sibling about family Christmas. How to talk, right? It's everywhere. Like it's all searchable now, but we can't search the spaghetti because it's a mess. Yeah. That's a very long, uh, what do they call it? Long form key. Yeah, keyword search. <laughs> key, keyword search. Or that, yeah, yes. we can't do that in that situation. It's way too, it's way too much. Yeah, that's really good. You had a really great question in your book as well, or uh, something that I think about is most people cannot lay out their strategy of how they solve a problem. Thought, oh, she is right. I don't have a strategy that I could just rattle off of, oh, I have this problem. How am I going to solve it? So I thought that was incredible. If you like implement this, like 35,000 decisions a day, if you can make a hundred of them easier, mm -hmm. what kind of impact does that have on your life? You can make 10 of them easier. What kind of impact does that have on your life? And here's the second magic question. I told you guys I was in relationship stuff and toxic relationship stuff. And here's the codependency cure. Ready? Mm -hmm. Is my problem to solve? Or your problem to solve, your emotions, your issues, your anger, your, these are your problem to solve, right? Just like when I'm super jealous and I'm creating chaos in my relationship, that's my problem to solve. 
Yeah. And I think that's a great technique to use because especially for people who are insecure that are are really having a hard time in their relationship, whether it's they lack that self-confidence, whatever those reasons are, I think that's one thing is them taking on things that may not belong to them. So not only are we dealing with our own things that we need to work on and that we need to address, but then we're also taking on a lot of other people's and particularly our partners as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And it's just such an easy, I call it the magic question. And then the second magic question, five seconds, 10 seconds. And if you're not sure what problem you're trying to solve, ask yourself kind of three or four times, what problem am I trying to solve? What problem am I really trying to solve? What problem am I really, really trying to solve? You know, in my own jealousy thing, it might've said, what problem are you trying to solve? I don't want my husband to travel for work. Okay. What problem are you really trying to solve? I get nervous when he's traveling for work. I get nervous that he's going to find someone else. What problem are you really trying to solve? You know, I, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to start over again. Okay. What problem are you really trying to solve? I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if he's really going to choose me. Right. And you see, as it gets deeper mm-hmm. and guys, you can do this while you're waiting for your food to come out at a restaurant. You can do it while you're waiting to pick up the kids from ball practice. Right. Right. It's just very like you and you, you got the notes on your phone. Hey, I got 10 minutes to kill. Or get clarity on one of the biggest things disrupting your life. Mm-hmm. And you call that the seven level problem solving. And I love it because, and even in just the example that you gave was so spot on and so important because it sounded like the initial problem was your husband traveling. But then when you keep asking that question and you keep going down further and further and further, what probably the truth is, is you're afraid they're going to leave you or you feel like you're not good enough. And I think that's kind of at the bottom level there of where you landed. So if we're focused on like, oh, I don't want him to travel anymore. And that's the conversation that you're having about him traveling. Again, you're not really solving the real problem. And you will be fighting for the next 10 years. Yeah. Solving. And then if he stops traveling, you're still upset. Right. He's mad. He's mad. Right. It's like, yeah, I tried to save this relationship. I changed jobs for you. I did this. And you're still on my back about this. And that's unfair. Right. Right. That's not good. That's not nice. Right. Yeah. The closer you can get to the real problem, just like when you have a toddler and, you know, the parent is pretty normal parenting. It's like, okay, your baby's crying. Well, maybe they're hungry. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they're, they're cranky. Maybe they just need a hug, right? We look for the real problem mm-hmm. when it's our kids because we want to solve the right problem. I love it. And this has been an amazing conversation. Check out Sarah's podcast, Toxic Person Proof. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks so much. <laughs> 